everybody and welcome to Let's Be Perfectly Queer. A queer podcast creating space to talk about all things queer. Some listeners may find this episode potentially triggering. We will be discussing some of the disturbing, degrading and traumatic practices associated with conversion therapy. Questions of how you identify, seeking answers to clarify. Whether you're queen or somewhere in between, let's be perfectly queer. Welcome to episode two of Let's Be Perfectly Queer. Welcome back for another another lovely listening session. Listening session, is that what we are? Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is this episode we're going to be talking about... Conversion therapy. But before we get into that, uh, we just have a quick corrections corner. Yeah. After last week's episode um, and reading the journal articles, there was reference to the term transgendered. And I just wanted to make an amendment about that. So after doing that episode, we did have a chat, Archie and myself, and um, it was very much about Archie saying that it, it didn't feel right. And so did more, we did some more research about it. And in essence, the word itself is incorrect. And it's not the right terminology to be using. So in the Time article, it states that the most common objection for the word is it's about making it sound like something's happened to that person to yeah. make them transgender. So they're transgendered, like something's happened. And the fact is that's who they are and that's who I, they identify. It's not something that's happened to them. Mm. And what I found, because I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, because yeah, as we were editing, I was like, I was listening back to the word transgendered and I was like, that doesn't seem right to me. And then after a bit of research, I did find that it is um, offensive to some trans people. But then again, like I really like the word trans man and I call myself trans man, but some people also find that offensive as well. Yeah, it's something that through this process of podcasting, we're going to reach a lot of times. And I think that uh, it will be good. I, I like the idea of a corrections corner. I like Same. being able to talk about things and for us actually growing together because even though like we're all part of the queer community, we're all part of this family that is queer, we still have so much to learn about each other. And like anything, if we, if it's something that's new to you, having the educational resources and, and finding the right uh, information to be able to talk about a topic is very important. And um, As a teacher, we believe in the notion of lifelong learners. We're yeah. always learning. There's always place to learn. And um, why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't you want to improve yourself and get better and always learn? That's, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's very true. Um, another thing as well, we had a feedback from a listener that they wanted to get some specific definitions. Mm. So the Oxford Dictionary say that under the word transgender is denoting or relating to a person whose gender identity does not correspond with a sex registered for them at birth. I wonder who decided that. Who knows? Yeah, so this episode we're doing conversion therapy. Correct. Yeah. And we both had two um, different takes on what we've actually mm-hmm. looked up about conversion therapy. Very much you've looked at what's been happening presently and if, why it's so hot topic in the media because I feel like I'm seeing it all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I've had a little bit of a blinders just so I can do a quick react to what you've actually going to be telling me and then I'll be talking more about the history of conversion therapy and things that I've found as well. Why did we want to talk about conversion therapy? That's a good question. (laughs) It's because it's hot topic in WA right now. Uh, So WA have just moved to criminalize LGBTIQA plus conversion practices. The McGowan Labor government uh, announced this on Thursday the 1st of December. I thought there was, a, there was an interesting, in, so I've read a lot of articles about this. And in this episode, we're going to have like a whole bunch of articles linked if you do want to go down a rabbit hole and keep reading because we went through a lot of research for this one. But however, the ban will not apply to accredited health professionals who provide law and ethical care. There is so much to say about that. Yes. <laughs> Where to even start? I'll let you continue. Yeah. So um, 
It just means that it allows accredited health professionals the ability to provide support to people who sought it. So if someone did say, hey, I need help, I don't want to feel this way, there's a little loophole there. That makes me so angry still. Just like that I find very triggering because Mm. it shows that the negative connotation being associated with being anything apart from being heterosexual. Yes. But that's still the society that we live in. You know what mm. I mean? Like even our first episode, we got a bit of hate. <laughs> <laughs> two two trolls. Two trolls who just, you know. Who hadn't listened to anything. No. I found that all. hilarious. But then we did get some like constructive feedback. Yeah, we did. And one guy who just went into, obviously just needed some friends. Yeah, massive rant. We weren't them. No. <laughs> I stopped replying. So what is conversion therapy? So it is actually a practice of attempting to change or suppress someone's sexual orientation gender identity or gender expression which covers everyone in the LGBT pretty much all QIA the LGBT community yeah, 100% <laughs> but yeah so the ACT Queensland Victoria and New Zealand have already enacted legislation that prohibits conversion practices and apparently Tasmania are also expected to do the same okay so yeah I th- i'm pretty sure um yeah reading another article i saw i'm sure i saw new south wales in there mm. so it's really just the ACT South Australia Tasmania and WA but now WA has announced it and i think Tasmania are expected too soon mm. Mm. okay i mean i was quite surprised to to say that like this hadn't been yeah. outlawed before and I, I think it's one of those things you you believe it's so archaic and uh you're like oh yeah sure surely surely we live in a place that uh understands that this kind of stuff is probably not the best and should be criminalized And then you find out that actually it is still legal. The first person who claimed that they could turn a gay man straight was a German psychiatrist, Albert von Schrenk-Notzing. And so in 1899, he bragged to his colleagues that he turned a gay man straight with, are you ready? 45 hypnosis sessions and a few trips to a brothel. And that's according to (laughs) history.com. few trips to the brothel. Apparently. I bet he, uh, that poor person who was getting the conversion therapy had really nice chats with all of those, like... Probably. Those prostitutes at the time. Yeah. And, and sex workers in this time. I'm not even sure about the kind of conversion therapies that were happening in WA because there's not a lot of research. I've been trying, you know, for a couple of weeks now to find information about what is conversion therapy in WA? What does it look like? And it mainly seems to be church and religion-based. Um, but I c- couldn't actually find any specific. So, But the thing is, is that conversion therapy is, it's such an umbrella term for so many different practices. Oh, yes. Like if you look um, back in history, there's like, and I'll talk about it soon, mm. but there it was more, um, I would say, physical practices mm-hmm. against it, whereas yep. it seems that conversion therapy these days is more to do with psychological traumatization and the negative association between you thinking about anything that's uh homosexual or um as we were talking about before anything that's like not defined as the norm which is just heterosexuality and and uh being your assigned uh gender at birth like you were saying if a health practitioner says that you want to that you can have it and somebody comes to them seeking the advice they won't be prosecuted under the the new law yeah so if someone actually comes to them because they come from a a uh, religious background or a background who um, condemn LGBTQIA plus people, then if this person felt that they needed to go to a therapist, the therapist won't be prosecuted or um, jailed for doing so, for doing what the patient wants. Yeah. If that makes sense. I wonder if it still comes under, uh, like if they still do things like electric shock therapy, because they do do ECT for mm. patients who have 
depression and mm-hmm. there is, oh gosh, that, that would be a whole rabbit hole in itself. But I wonder if that is still one of the things that could be deemed as an appropriate treatment for somebody seeking assistance with conversion therapy. I have no idea, but I know that um, conversion therapy, because, you know, did a lot of reading, it's it's gone away from a lot of those physical kind of yeah. things. It's more like talk therapy and like speaking and getting someone like close to someone to actually talk to them and, and convince them in that way, mm. where people talk to you about the lifestyle, you know, I'd say that in brackets, but you know what I mean? They, they um, try to alter your sexuality and, and that in that way, rather than a physical kind of, you know, electroshock therapy and that kind of thing yeah having the negative connotations i've got to say so we watched um the netflix special pray away and i mean if you want to watch something that talks a little bit about conversion therapy you can watch it i wouldn't say it talks a lot about the types of conversion therapy because it doesn't it very much follows people's stories coming out of those situations and it's very highly religious based and i wonder if that's still because i i association i associate conversion therapy very highly with religion and it seems to be very much about um if you've got cultural practices and whatever religion that you were in um uh, people tend to seek assistance against it and granted the one that we watched was very american and there was and um, it was very like their side of the story rather than um looking at the whole picture because i thought it was going to be um it was rated really good on rotten tomatoes um, by it wasn't viewers. A bad and, movie. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to no, be. No, definitely not. Um, but majority of conversion practices occur in church groups. Still, there's so much shame associated with that, isn't it? Mm. And like even watching it, I would I definitely that there's. I'm pretty sure there's a trigger warning at the front of it. I'm pretty sure there is. Um, but it is quite traumatizing sometimes watching some of the scenes in which people are evidently distraught. You like no wonder the suicide rate is so high mm. in the queer community because this form of judgment being told that you are unnatural, that you are not normal. And you're the devil. Um, oh, There's still like that that kind of thing, you know, you're wrong, you're the devil, you're a sinner and all that kind of stuff. I mean, and I've grown up with that. I'm pretty yeah, sure you did as I well. Did too, yeah. Like it's, it's one, there's a huge amount of judgment, especially if it comes from family and it yes. comes from people who are meant to be supporting you. Yeah. So, And yeah. like, you know, I said last episode, I felt wrong because yeah. of the, the ideas of the church. You know, it's a man, it's a woman, you are the it, you've been made in god's image and, and in the perfect way and and to feel that i was wrong you know that was i was like i'm going to hell yeah <laughs> you know absolutely what I mean? and this is where it comes like why conversion therapy is what it is to be honest when it came to shock therapy it was against anybody who was like transgender mm-hmm. anybody who was homosexual anybody who was an alcoholic yeah. uh, anyone who was oh yeah there was like uh one also which i had a bit of a chuckle about that was like uh fragility in women yeah. they would give shock therapy That's to ridiculous so like oh patriarchy <laughs> unhappy about that i found it interesting for the mm-hmm. fact that they saw homosexuality as being a pathological issue and therefore mm-hmm. it could be curable in that yeah. way and then it like teeters between um, different psychological analysts mm-hmm. that determined what would be curable, like what was classed as curable, whether it was classed as you totally eradicated those thoughts from mm-hmm. your um, feelings or just how you lived or whether you then took back on heterosexuality. Yeah, and, and looking 
in it. So a UN expert um, told the Human Rights Council that the practices known as conversion therapy inflict severe pain and suffering on LGBT persons, often resulting in long-lasting psychological and physical damage. And it's no wonder that the suicide rate is so high, you know, when you've just had so much unnecessary damage caused to you because some other group believe that you're lesser than. Yeah. It's a form of torture. Oh, it is. 100%. So the different types of conversion, and this is going to be from the most disgusting to the least, of course. You had castration. And then on top of that, they would actually give you testicular implant and implant the testicles of a heterosexual male in place of your homosexual testicles. That's ridiculous. I wonder how many people died of that surgery. Probably a few because I'm sure like, you know, they wouldn't have to check that they had the same blood type or anything like that. They're just like, nope, you're going to have these ones instead. And where do they get the like testicles from? Were they dead? I'd, I'd, I'd assume so. Yeah. You'd have to I, I don't so. imagine some guy out there has been like, you know what, I'm done with these scrotes. Yeah, I'm just going to help the LGBT people. I'm going to give my testicles. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And the, no. the fact that they're castrating these people anyway to start off with, there is so many things associated with that. The the infection risk, right. like the hormonal risk, the rejection in a time that is not appropriate to be doing this. And what, like, an inappropriate transplant in itself anyway, like... What doctor thought the only way to cure a gay man is to give him the testicles of a straight man? Oh, like, I, I, in, in what universe is that going to work? Um, well, he was an Austrian endocrinologist, if you want to know his exact name. It was Eugene Steinach. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, an Austrian endocrinologist. He's Interesting. Like, can solve these problems. Chop them off, give them some new ones. Because that works. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, I think worse is probably the lobotomy, which I think is a little bit worse than the first one, but depends on like which context. I don't have testicles. I'm not really sure if I would miss them or not. Um, (laughs) But the lobotomy itself is a procedure in which um, you disconnect the frontal lobe from the rest of the brain. And the frontal lobe is meant to be associated with behavior, um, your characteristics. They would do this in a couple of ways. So... From the when they first started doing it, they would actually drill into your brain and they would pour ethanol, so alcohol, into it, and it would actually sever all the nerves through wow. your frontal lobe. And of course, like if you that make you into a vegetable? Ah, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of people <laughs> ended up this way because if you're pouring ethanol in there, you're just calling causing death of brain tissue. Yeah. All in all, other ways they used to do it. So they would do that one. They would also yep. go through the burr hole as well, and then put a surgical instrument in, generally a scalpel or something else that was sharp, and they would actually like cut through the frontal lobe nerve endings as well and then from there the lobotomy kind of turned into something that was seen as a little bit they used to use this for a lot of different um, forms of mental health procedures and of course this was all covered under mental health because back in the day wasn't the lobotomy also used for women who had like um hysteria yeah because like yeah. you know to deal with periods and and hormones and that kind of stuff or just in general as well like wasn't it used for women yeah it was used for so many different it was used for depression mm-hmm. it was used for um control of uh, substance abuse it was used for anti- anything mental health yep. um it was used for hysteria in women there was there was a lot of different times that people used because i think i also read like um you know postpartum depression they made women go through it lobotomies as well yeah 
yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised if they would have done that. Um, so from there, they went and did the uh, periorbital lobotomy in which they would use a very sharp instrument similar to an ice pick and they would position it at your tear duct and like whack it a couple of times so it would go straight into your frontal lobe. Yes. Wasn't that what we saw on Ratched, the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did that. Yeah, that one. That's yeah. exactly what they used to do. That looks um, very, yeah. very bad. And so the problem with all of this is you're killing your brain tissue. And yes. so with even though it's you're looking at the the part of the brain that's uh, meant to be associated with behavior mm -hmm. and meant to be associated with your characteristics and your personality, you don't know where you're going. No. Like if you're pouring bloody alcohol into someone's brain, if you're like just shoving a scalpel in there, wiggling it around, if you're like shoving an ice pick up there. Yeah. Everybody's there. brain's different as well. Like Absolutely. how do you know <laughs> which part you're hitting? They didn't. And they didn't care. If you're cutting off people's frontal lobe, and especially like these days when you get dementia of your frontal lobe, it actually in a, like inhibits your inhibitions. Um, you end up with a lot of behavioral disturbances. In far cases, you end up like in a vegetative state because you've ended up killing too much of the brain tissue anyway. And a lot of cases, people either ended up dying or they were invalids because they couldn't do anything. Like it was Which crazy. Ridiculous. You're, you're ruining perfectly fine, normal, healthy brains. But you can't be homosexual. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Right? Right? It's cured them. They might be dead, like, in a vegetative state, but they're, like, they, uh, they've been cured. So uh, According to them. According to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was, I, I think that was the most traumatizing one that I ever saw. Yep. Things coming from there, um, they, also used to, <laughs> they also used to do bladder irrigation. I don't know what the thorn was for that. Why? I don't what, what, what does bladder irrigation consist of? Could you find anything about it? Not specific. I know what bladder irrigation today yeah. is in this day and age, which is for people who don't know. it's uh, So you would put a catheter, which would go up your urethra into your bladder and you would flush it out with generally um, it's like normal saline, which is like salty water and then come it back out. I imagine it would be some form of that. In any way, shape or form, how is that going to work and what is that going to do? You flush out the homosexuality. From the pee? From the bladder. <laughs> do they think, okay, so homosexuality occurs in the bladder, so we have to flush it out. That's probably been said by some man sometime. That <laughs> probably. wasn't you. <laughs> probably. Um, so I saw that. There was also rectal massage, which I thought, okay. Isn't that doing the opposite? Well, I mean, it depends if you like to be rectally penetrated. But if someone who enjoys... That area wouldn't that be counterproductive? I'm not really sure. I have I've 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 not looked. I've not googled rectal massage. Have you got oh, more? So other things, which is uh, a little bit less, uh, but still down the lines of still torture. You would like we were talking about previously. It was shock therapy. It wasn't just the electroshock therapy or that you would see these days. You had electrodes either connected to your genitals or to just generally areas around your body. And it would be associated with um, a therapist or some uh, psychologist, psychiatrist showing you images. And if you showed any sense of arousal associated with those images, then you would be shocked. Um, they also had home devices, similarly, called the Farrell's Instrument, and I'm sure there's other ones out there, that you could do it yourself <laughs> at home. And uh, Everybody loves a good DIY. Absolutely. And uh, your doctor would be like, oh, okay, you check in with me a couple of days, I'll give you this instrument and see how you go. And you would go through the slideshows and you had the option to either skip the 
the photos that would show like homosexual acts mm-hmm. or other stuff that would was meant to elicit a negative reaction and you could either form to skip it or if you looked at it then you'd be zapped interesting and that's aversion therapy because it's the negative and like aversion therapy goes in a lot of different ways and they yep. still do it these days yeah. like with hypnosis even as well like it's a form of aversion so you want to have mm-hmm. the negative connotations associated with the behavior that you're doing so in that point negative connotations would be the shock yep um in other situations i'm sure like yeah there was probably other things yeah probably other negative stuff which is horrible yeah but yeah, so that's they're the worst ones that I found. Um, I found some pretty worse ones. Oh, did yeah, you? So if you uh, don't want to hear about um, sexual assault, you might want to uh, skip yeah. okay. forward a few We'll put minutes. a, a timestamp, I'm sure, in yeah. the show notes. There's a whole bunch of history. Uh, this is specifically stuff that I found in Australia from amnesty.org. So in the 1970s, practices were like counselling, support groups, um, spiritual interventions, other kind of groups, residential accommodation kind of things, and accountability groups. But in the really bad stuff you had corrective rape you were also induced to ingest substances and when you talk about that do you mean like drugs, drugs or like drugs okay, sure. and you had no idea what they were you were just fed different yeah. drugs to try to change the, your brain chemistry and then just that pain inducing aversion therapy and um, also exorcism oh yeah i was just actually thinking about that mm. as well Exorcisms would be a huge thing. Conversion movement widespread in Australia by the 1970s and was known as the ex-gay movement. It wasn't conversion therapy back then. It was ex-gay movement, specifically mainly with men. And yeah, so the movement operated under the belief that transgender expression and same-sex attraction was unnatural and could be altered through prayer, amongst other practices, because... You can pray the gay away. Pray the gay away. And then, yeah, so the practices were some of the ones they talked about. And then in 1985, conversion practices had become nationally and internationally formalized, which is ridiculous. And then in 1990s, the social attitude towards LGBTQA plus people shifted, and so did the language. So it used to be like freeing LGBTQA plus people from experiencing unwanted same-sex attraction or gender divergence. Do you know what's so funny? Because it's like unwanted homosexuality. Do you know what? I would 100% want homosexuality more than I would want a lobotomy. Right. Just general conversion of any sort. To be ingested with a whole bunch of drugs that you don't know what's being put into your system. Do you know that makes me so sad? But Because it just shows that there were so many people around them telling these people that they were unnatural, that they were wrong, that they were negative, that they were born as like either demons because of the exorcisms that was happening. They were filled with Satan. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Whose idea was it that it was unnatural? When you look at, like we mentioned last episode, every single animal out there has some form of same sex, like, you know, attraction so why oh those penguins yeah like those penguins are so cute so why was it the human race who decided that it was unnatural yeah and it's been around for years you look at heaps of different um history articles that kind of stuff lgbtqa plus people have been around yeah forever since the dawn of time right yeah so where did it go wrong (laughs) where did someone in society say no yeah. You're unnatural. We'll have definitely a topic talking about religion, and then we can go and look at different religions out mm-hmm. there. You've done a lot of research specifically mm-hmm. on Catholicism and or the Bible and mm. being gay or being yeah. or being trans or being like different. And, and how it actually, because there isn't a documentary coming out really soon, which I'm really excited to see about when the word homosexual was actually added to the Bible. Yeah. Which I'm really intrigued by that because it never used to exist. <laughs> No, it's all interpretation. 100%. And it's all interpretation from people who were educated at the time. And if you look at the demographic that were educated mm. at the time, it was white men. So I need to find out what that is called, but I'm really intrigued in seeing that. Back on track. Yeah. There is actually no evidence to suggest that conversion therapy works. 
Well, I'm not surprised because like if you look at the broad spans of what is queer these days, Mm -hmm. if it worked, it could have just been somebody who didn't identify as being homosexual. Yeah, but it's it's like I'm not surprised. The other thing is, is that in a lot of these senses, somebody who is like, oh, I'm no longer homosexual, I'm no longer queer. They are probably saying that so they didn't get tortured anymore. Yeah, or killed. A report by the Williams Institute at UCLA School of Law finds those who have undergone conversion therapy are almost twice as likely to attempt suicide compared to their peers who haven't. Well, they've already got all these people surrounding them telling them that they're wrong and therefore they're thinking they're wrong. And then they do conversion therapy and they don't have success associated Mm -hmm. with it. And then they're like, the only out is me not being alive anymore or existing anymore. Which is ridiculous. It makes me really angry because I'm like, find your people, find the right people to be around. It is so hard. And I know in this day and age, we are very blessed with the people that we have around us who love and support us. And there's a lot of people who don't have that out there. And you've got to find your family. And at the end of the day, sometimes family is not blood. Family is who you make it and who will be there to support you no matter what. This whole thing thinking about, you know, so I'm really, really, really happy that WA have finally decided to criminalize it. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested when it once it goes in place. And if you're considering conversion therapy for yourself or anyone mm-hmm. else, please educate yourself. If you've listened to this, I'm amazed at you. Please continue on the journey of realizing that conversion therapy mm-hmm. is in essence a sense of torture and please do not be torturing your loved ones. And, and just think about the, the kind of mental health harm you are causing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that kind of stuff. Doing an LGBTQA plus, you know, queer podcast, we always need to think about there are some negatives still surrounding this the, the community and it's something to think about. Be kind to each other. Yeah. Be kind to your queer friends because some, some of them don't have somewhere to go for Christmas. It's true. And even though we're on the other end of a microphone, yeah. you might not be able to see us. We're here. We <laughs> yes. love you. We're family. Look after yourselves, okay? Yeah, so that's that's it for this episode today. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Also, don't forget, if you have your own story, like last week I shared my story, if you would like to send us a voice note at letsbeperfectlyqueerpod at gmail.com or on our Instagram via the DMs, feel free to. If if you aren't a big talker but you'd like to write in about your story and experience, we would love to share that as well. So please get in touch. Um, And if you'd like to come on as well, please get in touch. And one last thing, just saying that if you have listened to the end or if you are listening to us on some other kind of streaming platform, please either like subscribe to us, rate, review. It helps us get out there. And really our aim is to just get out there and educate people and be a supporting force for people and part of the queer community as as well as those who are our allies. We'd love that. Before we finish, thank you massively to Amy and Shay who wrote and recorded our jingle. It is so good. And please enjoy it. I've been listening to it repeat just constantly. So until next time, we hope that we have been perfectly queer. Bye.